Sunday the 11th of October 2020. 2 John chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. The purpose of 2 John is to point us to the truth and encourage us to hold it fast and never let go. The theme of this letter could be described as loving truth. The three major thoughts are truth, brotherly love and false teachers. All the things he addressed in his first letter. Actually, some scholars believe that 2 John was written first and that 1 John was the follow-up letter to put meat onto the bones of what he wrote to his churches in Asia Minor. Whichever way it was, John's concerned that the church was protected from false teaching and dealing with schisms that were wreaking havoc among his beloved children. Here he speaks generally. In his third letter, he's more specific, even naming the problem makers. But 2 John starts the elder to the elect lady and her children. Obviously, John was the elder, the last surviving apostle, approaching a 100 years old and still in ministry. Someone once said there's no such thing as retirement in God's service. Well, I want you to know that I may be retiring from my role at North Street, but I'm already seeking God for my next assignment. So we know who the elder was, but who was the elect lady? My first reaction was to think of Mary, the mother of Jesus, but after all, John was given responsibility to care for her. But if he's nearing a hundred, she must be long gone by now. The word translated as lady only occurs in 2 John. The Greek word is curia, the feminine form of curious, a common New Testament word translated lord or master. So we can assume that this elect lady was the leader of the church and her children were the body of believers. It was not unusual for the churches to have women leaders or mothers. Lydia, for example, she hosted Christian meetings in her house regularly. And Priscilla and Junia were prominent leaders in the early church. Wouldn't it have been easier if John had named the person or the church? I guess so, but... Because the church was facing immense persecution, naming people or groups would have been dangerous. John addresses his thoughts to this lady throughout the letter. Verses 1 to 4, she's commended by him. 5 and 6, she's commanded by him. 7 to 11, she's cautioned by him. And verses 12 and 13, she's comforted by him. John starts his letter by saying how much he loves this lady and her church. Clearly people have told him that it's because of her they have a living faith at the centre of their lives. And John commends her for it. It's important today that we commend the mothers as well as the fathers in our church. And I want to say how blessed I am to have Janice by my side. Her work over the years of mothering ladies and young people in our church has been invaluable. Many people have told me how much she has and does mean to them, how grateful they've been for what she's imparted into their lives, and I should have acknowledged this publicly far sooner. John is known as the Apostle of Love. He talks about love more than any other Bible writer, but he also talks about truth more than all the rest. 20 times in his gospel, 9 times in 1 John, 5 times in 2 and 5 more in 3 John. He's constantly bringing up the issue of truth. 
Because often when we're talking about love, it's easy to get sentimental and water weight down the way we deal with difficult issues. John reminds the church that love and truth go together, like fish and chips or cheese and tomato or cheese and cucumber if you're posh. John was not prepared to lower standards. Love was not an excuse for liberty. Not allowing people to sin is far more loving than turning a blind eye and leaving people in sin. Paul writes, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. That's Ephesians 4.15. John's desire was that his little children, the church he was responsible for, would grow to maturity. And that would only happen when he was honest with them and they were honest with each other. It's hard to be truthful and loving. When we try to be too gentle, we lose our impact. When we try to be too nice, we end up saying nothing. When we try to be kind, we can end up compromising. Sometimes Jan and I have a socially distanced drink with our neighbours. They're lovely people, but sometimes don't see things the way we do. It's hard to be loving and truthful about what we believe and at the same time not making them feel condemned or criticised. See, I don't want to be someone who people shy away from. I don't want them thinking I'm being judgmental. But at the same time, I don't want ever to compromise my faith. Speaking the truth in love, it is an accomplished art. I need the Holy Spirit to show me how to do it every day. And my hope is that what John said in verse 3 will apply to me. God our Father and Jesus Christ his Son will release to us overflowing grace, mercy and peace, filled with true love. And people I encounter each day will experience the grace, the mercy, the peace and love he's put into me so I can reveal his truth. And just as the church spoke well of that lady to John for what she put into their lives, my hope is that others will say something like that of me. And that way, I hope that God will commend me for what others have said, as well as what Jesus has done in my life. Amen.